morning. The Bible tells us that this is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And the exciting thing about living in Texas is there's a variety of different types of days that you can enjoy on a regular basis. So we have sunshine today. Um, by Tuesday, Wednesday, we could have rain, fix a little bit of snow, and then it's going to warm back up. And so um, no matter what your taste is, whether you like things wet or dry, um, hot or, or cold, you can find a little bit of in Texas, but 
We will rejoice if the Lord does bring rain toward the middle of the week because it is very dry and the ground is hard. But we do pray that the Lord not only brings rain to our land, but he also rains his spirit down on our hearts and softens us um, to his love, to his will, to his plan, his purpose. And we are glad that we can join together today in the house of the Lord to worship. We pray that the Lord would speak to your heart through the songs we sing, the scriptures that we look at together. And as we open up his word, that he would transform us um, daily to be more like his son, Jesus. If you are visiting here this morning, if you're with family or friends, we are glad you're here. Welcome to Cross Timber. We hope you enjoy the service. If you listen online this morning or sometime during the week, welcome. We're glad you've taken the time to to worship here with us. And if you are in person visiting, we just want to say thank you for being here. And we would love to know a little bit more about you. And if you are willing, we would just ask you to complete one of these little cards like this. We call it a connect card. You can just put name and contact information on there just so we can know that you are here. Also, if you need to update information or share information, just write it on this little card. You can share prayer requests as well and just put it in the offering plate when you pass it around in just a couple of moments. Just have a couple of announcements um, and then um, and then Deborah's going to come and share one. The first thing is just to let you know we started taking pictures for our picture directory this morning. And so right after the service, um, you are um, you're urged to go to the Sunday school room. If you go out to the door, go to the left, and Jeff will be ready to take your, your picture. And um, we encourage everyone to take a picture because if you, um, if you don't choose to put a picture, um, we already have one selected um, for your family. Um, so, uh, and we're able to edit that. So if it's just a, a wife and, you know, husband and wife, there are going to be two. We can add as many kids as we need. So, um, but if you, we'd love to have a picture of you. That way, for folks that don't know what you your name and your face, or know your face but not your name, it'll help them kind of have a guide to be able to connect um, names to faces. And so we'll be doing that this Sunday, the next Sunday, and the Sunday after that, 9 to 9.30 in the morning, and also right after the service, Jeff will be available to do that. And then also, I want to invite you next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Um, it's one of our fifth Sundays in 2023. We've set aside each of those fifth Sundays as a time of fellowship. And um, this coming fifth Sunday, which is next week on the 29th at 6 o'clock. Our youth are going to host a game night here at the church. So come ready to play some games and also bring your favorite snack or dessert to share. Be a time of fun and fellowship and food together. So that's next Sunday evening on the 29th. And now Deborah's going to come and tell us about an opportunity for the ladies. that say happy valentine's day and this is for the ladies connect we have a valentine's party coming up on february the 9th on at 6 30 here at cross timber now here's what we're going to do i want you to take some of these and i want you to reach out to somebody who is not a part of our church or a part of a church maybe somebody who's not even a believer and i want you to reach out to them because we're going to have a lady who is an evangelist has the heart of an evangelist, and she's going to share just a really brief devotion about the love of God. We are living in a day where all of us need to receive the fullness of the love of God. God loves us. And so this is a great opportunity for you. We're going to have door prizes. We're going to have games. But every Ladies Connect this year, my heart is that we're going to have a, a testimony, very brief, or 
the plan of salvation. I'm going to offer some resources to people to know more about what it means to be a believer. And so our, my heart is that we, we offer to people the plan of salvation. And so you may not feel very comfortable sharing the plan of salvation with somebody. Maybe that angel wouldn't want your gift. But you know somebody. All you got to do is invite them. And so it kind of takes the pressure off of you, and we're going to allow the Lord to just work and draw people to himself. And we're going to be doing service projects. We're going to be doing some different activities that are tied in with WMU that are also tied in with reaching out to Nichols Middle School. We're going to have service projects so we can just kind of do some activities together and things like that, brief devotions. Um, and we'll try to keep it like an hour, an hour and a half. We'll try to keep it very condensed. Bring us food when you come for this one. We won't always do that. But, um, and bring a friend. So grab some invitations. This is your opportunity to reach out to people. Okay? To, to really take this seriously and pray. On the back is a prayer based on Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 for you to pray for them. That they would come to know the love of God. And that we all would. Because it's possible to be in this building right now and feel like you're really loved. That's not the truth. That's not true. And we have to reject those lies. And not hang on to that. We need to be filled with the fullness of the love of God. So this morning, if you feel like that right now, I'm going to pray for you. That God may fill our hearts. That we may have a capacity within our hearts to receive the fullness of the love of God. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you would fill each of our hearts with the truth. And the truth is is that you loved us enough to die for us. And that is a great love. But Lord, sometimes our hearts are clogged up or we're not able to hold that love or it leaks out of a brokenness in us. But Lord, let those broken places be healed so that rivers of living water flow out of those broken places and we can reach and extend the love of God and keep a constant flow going through us. God, I pray for the mighty power of Jesus to be at work in our lives right now, that we would let go of all hurts and bitterness and that we would fill us with the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, and because of the great love of God, in, in 1984, President Ronald Reagan issued a presidential proclamation and designated the third Sunday in the month of January as National Sanctity of Human Life Day. It's a life tradition. It's time traditionally where um, people of faith, uh, people in our our country that cherish life, that value life as sacred from conception all the way until the Lord takes us home, um, stand and thank the God of all creation for the life He gives, but also stand against the tragedies that attack life at every corner from the the horrors of abortion and assisted suicide that affect everyone from all the challenges to life and a culture that seems to promote um, pain and, and death over life and truthfulness. And even though our Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe versus Wade back in June, truth is abortion hasn't stopped. There are still states that allow it while some have disallowed it. There are companies that provide travel so that it becomes easier for those ladies that are struggling with the 
a life and death decision. And on average in our country, about 98 precious lives are ended about every hour. And with the Supreme Court decision, it has just caused the abortion industry to step up its efforts in marketing and promotion, in attacking life and encouraging men and women who are in uncertain situations to choose an ungodly answer. And so on this morning, we stand with other brothers and sisters in Christ to stand for life. And we believe that it is true what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 49, that the Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. And as David wrote in Psalm 139, listen in verse 13, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my informed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So join us this morning as we not only stand for life, but we celebrate the one who is the giver of life, our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Pray you'll encounter him in freshness and in power this morning as we meet together. Gentlemen, will you come as we pray and receive our offering? Father God, Lord, we come to you today to thank you for the many blessings we receive, Lord. Lord, we just want to take this time to give back what's rightly yours, Lord, and we just uh, ask that you watch over us and protect us throughout this week and, and months to come, Lord, and we just uh, want to praise you and, and thank you for your son, Jesus. We just ask these in your name. Another way was a closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the beneath the waters 
Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
in his righteousness alone for lest I stand before the throne Christ
you may be seated. alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. I don't know what you're going through today or what you're trying to put your hope or trust in, but if your foundation is on anything less than Jesus, you're falling way short of what God has for you. And oh my goodness, what a sure and steady anchor our Savior is in times of trouble He's a good God, and He wants the best for you. He loves you. He cares for you. If we just lay everything else aside and put our trust in Him, He'll show us the glories of His wondrous grace. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we'll begin today. As we take a look this morning... We're kind of laying building blocks for our mission, purpose, goals here at Cross Timber. We're going to look at building together. We're going to take a look at our our values. And some of you, I'm testing your your memory, maybe even testing my own memory, but looking back to 2021, the beginning of 2022, 25th anniversary, we we talked about our our mission here after a, a team of individuals met for several months, even over a year, to to help us understand what our small part here at Cross Timber is of the larger goal, the mission that we call the Great Commission. How do we go and make disciples in the culture around us in the Burleson area with the people that God has given us here at Cross Timber for His glory? And we looked at for the past two weeks the idea of a Christ-first Life, a Christ first home and a Christ first church. And that our large goal is to look out across our community and see homes that are filled with sin and brokenness that are in desperation and need of help become transformed into healthy homes where Christ is first. Acknowledging that that starts with you and me, our relationship matters, and that it's transforming one person at a time in a home, in a community, in a church. For the glory of God. And in connection with that great mission, this morning we're going to look at values. What really matters to us as a congregation. But before that, I want to take you to Denmark, in Europe, years 1932. And a toy maker named Ole Christensen started his own toy company. In Danish, the word's Lego. In English, it basically meant to play well. Now, Mr. Christensen was the widower, was a widower. He had four sons. He loved the Lord with all his heart. He lived out his faith in his work and in his church. He prayed daily and led devotions with his workers at his toy company, taught Sunday school. He was active in both the young men and young women's Christians associations, and his family even funded the construction of their neighborhood church. Now, that humble company that started in 1932, which somewhere along the way created a very nifty 
Ferguson tractor made out of plastic that I, I think I've got to try to find because it's really cool. In 1949, revolutionized the play world with some classic plastic construction bricks that we call Lego bricks. This is an enlarged one. And today, to the pain of many adult feet, there are over 400 billion multicolored blocks in the world. Mr. Christensen's company started off on a solid foundation, and that foundation was Christ. But fast forward 90 years, the blocks are still there, the profits continue to roll in, but the company has drifted from its foundation. They started out right, they built on the right foundation, but along the way, something came. And while looking at these blocks can bring joy to our lives, it also can teach us a valuable lesson that the foundation we choose to build on is important both in our life as individuals and in our church as a congregation. And there's no secret about to the source of that is the foundation is Christ. He forms our identity. He shapes our very lives and He defines our Values. So who we are and what we do are based on the foundation of Christ. And this morning as we look at our values, I want you to understand this, that our values reflect Christ. They reveal our strengths and they guide our actions. And our values are things that don't waver with culture, they don't bow to culture, but they're a foundation that can flourish in each and every age. Now I want us to read together 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 11. So we listen to the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Corinth who was dealing with trouble almost at every turn. But one of those troubles was the issue of divisions. Who to follow? I follow this teacher. I follow this teacher. But in the end, he tells us that there's only one foundation and one to follow, and that person is our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to what Paul writes. But I, brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive the wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Verse 11, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold and silver or precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose because it will be revealed by fire and fire will test what sort of work each one 
has done. Lord, we ask for your help this morning as we look to your word, as we look at the foundation and the values you've placed upon it. Help us to see your church in all its glory. Help us to see our Savior high and exalted, ruling and reigning. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, change us and transform us by the power of your spirit and the truth of your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We started on the first Sunday of this year with a small group, and we talked about the wake-up call that God is giving his people to wake up and walk in the light. That we need to shake off our laziness, shake off our complacency, shake off the dullness, and realize that there is a world around us that needs to know the love of God. God, and that we choose to walk daily in the light or in the dark, and as we walk in His light, the light of Jesus, we shine His light into a world. That Christ-first attitude that helps us do our job to carry out the Great Commission. Now, we know what that is. Jesus set it forth for us. Go and make disciples of all nations. It's a clear directive It has no cultural boundaries. It exists for each and every person. But in that, how do we as a church, in the uniqueness of our body, the giftings we have, the people that God has brought us, how do we work to carry out that great commission? Now, we believe here that it's through family, rebuilding families, families that are hurting and broken into homes where Jesus is exalted and talked about and loved and families are are growing and flourishing. Acknowledging that even though we might be small in number, even though there's many large churches around us, that we can make a difference in our community. That God really has given us everything that we need. And the question is, will we look to Him and will we trust in Him? And this morning we're going to look at, and you see some Lego blocks there, some building blocks that are laid on the foundation of Christ. They're clearly evidenced in Scripture, which you'll see. They should be lived out in daily life. And just like those Lego Lego bricks, they're part of this brick-by-brick construction. They're there on the middle section of your bulletin. There's four values and one foundation, and we start with the foundation, the solid foundation of Christ. How perfect to sing the song, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. Every building that's ever been built that is going to survive requires one important component, solid foundation. Jesus talked about it. Don't build on the sand. Build on the the rock. Because no matter the quality of the materials you build above it, if you start with a sorry foundation, it's not going to last. And our goal as the church that God has given us us to be a part of here is to be a part of something that will last, something that's eternal, something that's sure and steady that'll last, and the need we have is a foundation that is firm. The focus of those verses we read, the one that we're going to look at this morning is verse 11, chapter 3, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul clearly speaking to these Corinthian believers, you know, I don't care you know, who it was that, that you were, were brought to Christ under, who you listened to, whether it was Paul, whether it was Apollos, let me just tell you that the church in Corinth is a Jesus church. It's founded on Jesus. 
We don't get to lay the foundation. We don't call the shots. We build on what has already been established. And the foundation that we have in Christ is eternal. It's always been around. It's unique. There's no other one like it. And it's indestructible. Which means it's not going anywhere. And everything the church does must be established in Christ on that foundation. If not, it's unbiblical. It's unproductive. It's worthless. It's a waste of time. But if it is built carefully on a solid foundation, it's fruitful and rewarding, and it has eternal value and reward. So everything we do is built on that foundation of Christ. That's why the great hymn writer wrote these words, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And any value that we have rests on this foundation of Christ. So whether you're looking at the screen there or the Legos in the front, it's that blue foundation on the bottom, the foundation of Christ. And our values help to reveal our identity as a church, who we are, what defines us, communicating to anyone what's important. Helps to, to show our personality as people of faith to highlight the things that we celebrate, that we live for. To rejoice in our uniqueness as the people of God that gather here in this little patch of ground in Johnson County, Texas. So we've looked at the mission. That's helping being a part of what God wants to do to rebuild families. But what are our values? Why are we doing what we do? There's four of them. There's four Lego bricks on top of there. It's family, love, prayer, and service. If you don't remember all those now, we're going to rehearse those in just a moment. Family, love, prayer, and surface. service. But you may ask, how in the world did we come up with those? Well, it wasn't on page 242 of a book. It wasn't just something I thought of and wrote down on a napkin in a five-minute burst of supposed brilliance. No, it was not my idea. In fact, we didn't even draw them out of a hat. Over a year and a half period, a disciple-making group, several individuals who represent a cross-section of our church here at Cross Timber, we, we met and we prayed, we discussed, and as we looked at these values, we looked at questions like this. What would people say is important? We made a long list on a white piece of paper. We ask ourselves this question, what was the one thing that brought you to Cross Timber? We wrote those on another piece of white paper. We took and we looked at through the history of our church, the best we could remember, what are some of the best of stories? Those God moments when we saw God move and intervene in our church. And we rejoiced and we wrote those down on another sheet of paper. And we came up with a long list of, of values based on all of that information. And we developed a shorter list from those. And from that, as we prayed and we discussed, we settled in on four values. Family, love, prayer, service. And those values are the motives behind our mission. They're the undisputable, undeniable truths that we hold to be important to us that move us toward the mission that God has given us, and that is to see God transform lives, to transform families. And they should guide every action we have as a church. 
makes decision making incredibly easy because when you start with the question, does this line up with our values? If we check the box and it says yes, then we know we can proceed a little further. But if it doesn't fit into the values, then we just say, okay, maybe that's something maybe for somebody else, but not for us. And then we continue to inquire, God, is this best for us? We know we could do it. Should we? And so those values don't simply spell out what we do. They should characterize everything that we do. Worship ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry, adult ministry, family, love, prayer, service. So let's look at these four individually. There's a particular pattern that you'll see as we go through these four. First, I'm going to state what the value is. I'm going to have a sentence that goes with a value. I'm going to tell you how that looks in our context, how it's practically lived out. And then with each of these, there's going to be some verses that go along with it to support them in Scripture. The first one's family, and it's a family that grows. A family that grows. If you're a Christian, you belong to Jesus and His church. It's true. No matter where you live, no matter what language you speak. If you're a Christian, you belong to Jesus and His church. You're part of his family. Individual Christians are called children of God. Oh my goodness, what an incredible truth. And all together we make up the family God. Oh, what kind of love the Father has for us that we could be called children of God. Spelled out, you know what that means? It means you're important. That everyone matters. That you need a church, and your church needs you. And it's demonstrated in the life of our congregation by connection. Connected to Christ, vine to branches, connected to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's demonstrated through commitment that we're in it for the long haul. That we don't just one day wake up and say, okay, I'm done with you. Or we don't wake up another day and say, well, I'm done with this church. Commitment for the long haul. Also, cooperation with one another. Cooperation. Different personalities, different viewpoints, different gifts, different talents, different speeds of action. What do we need? Cooperation. Working together to function as a body. And then care for one another. So connection, commitment, cooperation, care. Parts of being a family. That's how we demonstrate it. John chapter 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God how you get in the family. And once you're in the family, Ephesians 2.19 tells us, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What does that mean? You're not a stranger or an alien. That means when a phone call comes over and it says church member A or church member B and not spam risk, you know, you, you answer it because it's family. They're not an alien. They're not a stranger. It means when there's a 
knock on your door and you peep through the curtain or the peephole and you see somebody that's not an alien or stranger, they're a member of the family, they're welcomed in, right? We're excited. We're family. We're born of God. And that's how we see ourselves as a body at Cross Timber, part of God's family, supporting other families and extending that love to families because Colossians 3.14 tells us this, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That means if you get up in the morning and you're having, having a hard time finding something to wear, you just can't find the right accessory, just put on some love. It goes with anything. It goes with anything. We couldn't be a family without the love of Jesus, and we wouldn't be a family if we didn't have His love. And so not only do we have family, we have love, the bond of love. So we would say that this way, love keeps us together and moves us forward. Those components are both important. Keeping us together, that is unity, the bond of love. But moving us forward is what differentiates us from just a club or a group that gets together. We move forward with purpose to serve our Savior. We're motivated by that love that God has given us. Now, according to Scripture, love is what should be the most recognizable trait of any Christian. It's not Bible knowledge. It's not the size of your Bible. It's not what church you go to. No, it's simply love. And it's clear in Scripture that if there's no love evidence that you should seriously consider the fact that you are not a Christian. Because how could you follow Christ and not love? And we find that that love is to be extended to all. And the people around us are going to know whether we are loving or not by the words that we speak, by the love that we share, and by whether or not we live out love in our daily life. So how is that demonstrated? It's, it's demonstrated by an all-in love for God. That's my paraphrase of the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And God says, I want you to love me with every part of you. And that when we look out to other people, we love others without exception. We don't eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I love you, yes or no, to individuals. We look at you and say, okay, you are created in the image of God. I am a follower of Jesus. I love you. I may not agree with everything you do. I may not like everything you do, but I love you, and I'm committed to show love to you. So we love without exception. And in that love, we do what we can with what we have to meet the needs of others. But we don't stop there. Because there's a lot of good organizations out there that meet needs. But they meet physical needs on a physical level. And at the end of the day, they pat themselves on the back and say, Good job. Well done. But we meet needs with a purpose of building a connection so that we can share the good news. That we can share the transforming power of what Jesus can do. And that, without a doubt, is the most loving thing you can do. Listen to what Jesus said, John chapter 13, 34 and 35. Speaking to his disciples, speaking, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. 
just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then speaking at another time in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, and he said to them, speaking of Jesus, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Or if you like short and simple, John writing in 1 John 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And because we love God and we're called to love others, we spend time with God building a relationship and we spend time lifting others up before God, which brings us to the third value, the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Statement that goes with this, prayer is the heartbeat of the church. Prayer is the heartbeat of the church. Vance Pittman, who pastored Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and now works for our North American Mission Board and church planning says this about prayer. He said it to his congregation often. When we seek God in prayer, we experience God in power. When we don't, we won't. And if you've ever listened to him preach, he'll cite example after example after example of the times they sought God and they saw God move in power, the times they didn't, and the times they didn't see him move. That means that your personal prayer life is a good indication of your relationship with Jesus. Remember, it's a heartbeat. And our church's prayer life reflects our attitude toward God. Do we really believe he can do all the things he says? Do we really believe he's the leader of the church? Or do we trust in our own intelligence, our own methods, and then at the end just say, God, bless us in what we do? Our prayer life reveals the condition of our heart. So let me just ask, you know, if we were to go have a spiritual checkup, what would our spiritual EKG look like? Would it find that we're seeking God consistently in prayer? Would it find that we're experiencing His power? And if we come up with any other answer, are we willing to make adjustments? So how is that demonstrated? should be demonstrated in prayer first, decision-making. means that we should seek God's leadership and His direction, knowing that He has a plan and a purpose for His church. Good ideas are good ideas unless God is in them. And then they're not so good ideas. We lift things before the throne and say, God, is this for us? If so, what is our next step? And we trust Him to do that. So we have prayerful decision-making. We also gather together to pray. I know I've told you this before, but Charles Spurgeon, who preached mightily in, in England for years, to, to full building after full building, gave constant credit to the faithful prayer warriors that gathered in the basement of his building praying for each and every service, praying for God's 
will to be done, praying for his spirit to move in the churches, and he called it the boiler room of the church. It's where the work happened, the spiritual work happened. And so what happened on the service days, what happened in the sermon, were just a result of the power that was unleashed because people were praying. Paul writing Timothy, 1 Timothy 2. First of all, then I urge you that prayer, supplications, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. All kinds of prayers for every person, especially kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Jesus standing in the temple, Mark eleven seventeen, He was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. When we join God in the exciting adventure of prayer, we enjoy his presence. We experience his power, and we exit that prayer room ready to serve our king. This brings us to our last value, a life of service. Family, love, prayer, service. We share God's love in both word and action. It means the words that you speak are important. They should be flavored with love, filled with truth. They should seek to glorify God, and their aim is the benefit of others. But it goes beyond words and action. The work that we do should be motivated by love, glorifying to God, and benefiting others. Service. It's how we show ourselves to be followers of our King, the one who came as a humble servant, the one who came to seek and save that which is lost, the one that came to serve and not be served. So how do we demonstrate that? We choose to be served, choose to serve rather than expect to be served. So that's how we, it's, it's humility. We choose to serve rather than expecting to be served. Changes your outlook, changes your perspective when you walk into a building on a Sunday morning and your attitude is how can I serve who can I be a blessing to by the words that I speak by the things that I do either great or small rather than expecting to be served it means putting others before yourself not just looking out for your own interests but the interests of others means that we should seek to meet both physical and spiritual needs. That a cup of cold water is a good start. A coat to somebody that's cold is a good start, but those are just good starts that lead us to the ultimate question. Do you know my Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship? You've got some food in your belly now. Can we talk for just a minute about your heart? Why are these important? Listen to these verses. Listen to what Jesus said. He sat down and called the twelve. Now remember, these twelve disciples were kind of in this mode of 
jockeying for position. Ask a lot of questions about how it could how they could be great in the kingdom. Even one mother, you know, was pushing her sons up there, you know, hey, can you, you know, my boys, I think he just said at the right and the left. And Jesus set them down, as he often did, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Serving. Placing yourself after others, not before them. And then Paul writing to the Philippians in chapter 2, verse 3, Do not do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of us, excuse me, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Another verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And lastly, priority, purpose, mission. Jesus, right before his ascension, speaking to his disciples and all who would follow after him, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God wants Cross Timber to be a loving, praying, serving family. Filled with His Spirit, living lives that are marked with joy and filled with worship, founded in Christ, and ready to follow the directions from our leader wherever He calls us. Make our values reflect Christ, reveal our strength, and guide our actions. Jesus is building his church. And he invites us to be a part of the process. And just like these Lego bricks in front of us, brick by brick or person by person, he's building us into his building, his church founded in Christ, built on the values that we believe God has given us here, that we're His family, His love holds us together and moves us forward. Prayer is the very heartbeat of all that we do, and that we live our lives to be servants of the One who came to serve us, our King, Jesus. So if I may, let me just ask you three questions and we're done. First, is Christ your foundation today? Can you, without hesitation, say that Jesus is your foundation? The good news is if it's not an immediate yes, if it's a maybe, I hope so, or not really, that can all change today. In an instant. Turning from yourself and turning from your sin, turning toward Jesus and making a commitment to walk after Him. It's question one. Is Christ your foundation? Question two, are you committed to His church? Church pronouns we should hear often, our, we, us. Things that we should hear sparingly, I, me, you, they. Are you committed to his church? 
not, maybe it's the moment that you just recommit. Third, which value would you say needs the most attention in your life this morning? So looking at those four, prayer, love, prayer, family, love, prayer, service, which one would you say needs the most attention? And if you're honest like myself, you say, well, all of them, just pick one and commit that you need to work on the other ones too. But which one would you say needs the most attention? And where you are right now, just take a moment, talk to God. Be honest. This is not in your ability. It's not in your power. And so confess your inability to God. God say, I can't do this on my own. Left to my own, I maybe don't even want to do this. And then receive His ability, His transforming power. And take Him up on the most incredible offer that you can walk in newness and in power. If you have one of these, I hope you've been looking at it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and we'll close with this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Today doesn't have to be like yesterday. Last year, this year doesn't have to be like last year. And the next minute of your life doesn't have to be like the previous. In Christ, your new creations. He has given us the foundation. He has laid his values before us. We walk in the truth and build on his foundation is the question. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for the fact that your spirit speaks, your word is true, and beyond the human mechanisms that you've chosen, we thank you that you are the best teacher, that you speak the truest words to willing hearts. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to walk in your truth, and to be transformed and changed. And Lord, help us to see that in all of these areas, whether it's family, love, prayer or service. The biggest, greatest, strongest obstacle in our path is not the devil. It's not the culture. It's the person that we wake up and look in the mirror every morning. It's ourselves. Oh, Lord, that you would move us out of the way. Move our sinfulness, our pride, our thoughts that are not godly, our weaknesses and our frailties, we ask that you would transform into strength for your glory, or that we would choose to crucify ourselves, to deny our cross, and to walk daily with you, helping us to see that what we can't do on our own, we can do in your strength and power. And oh Lord, that you would grow us to be a family that's called by your name, that's known for our love, that calls out to you powerfully in prayer and that serves others and shares the gospel. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team's here. To lead us in a song as we reflect on the truth of what God has spoken. 1 Corinthians 3.11 for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Is that your foundation? Are the values that you hold true to his word? And are you willing to walk in faith, trusting in him today? We're going to sing together.
it's an opportunity to commit yourself afresh and anew to God, maybe even for the first time, as you just realize, you open your eyes and you believe that everything the Bible says is true and that Jesus is a great Savior and you have a great need for him. It's confession, repentance, trusting faith, salvation is yours. Maybe it's just a new, refreshed, renewed commitment to your church to be committed to family, to prayer, and to service, and to love each other. Maybe there's a burden on your heart. Maybe you're burdened and weighed down with guilt for something you just haven't been able to let go. And maybe today is the day you take God at His word and believe that He can provide healing for your heart and you release that to Him. Maybe there's hurt, rejection, bitterness, unforgiveness that's just been part of your life every day that you pick it up and put it in your pocket just like you would your wallet or your watch. find newness of life, the old passing away and the newness comes in him. Maybe there's a burden in a family or a family member you need to lift up. You can lay it down at the altar. You can grab a brother or sister and say, hey, pray with me. Whatever the need, he stands ready and he is willing today. So will you join me in standing as we sing to our God and we respond to his voice, trusting in him to do what he will do. So stand and let's sing.
Amen. Hold your places. Glenna, come and tell us about the opportunity we have next week before we are we're dismissed. Next Sunday is a very special day for a very special lady who is the oldest member of our church. It's her birthday. She will be 96. Her daughter's going to bring her so she can be here for the worship service. And I would like each of you to bring a birthday card, a happy birthday card. She doesn't need anything else. She lives at assisted living, and she's got a very small room. So if you could just bring a card with your name in it, and if you've got an extra picture, stick it in there so she'll know because she has dementia. But we're going to have Peggy Crittenden, who is, as far as I know, she's the oldest member we have. So if you could just do that, I think we will. She will just be overjoyed. Thank you. Thank you, Glenna. We'll have flowers for her, and we're going to take time to sing happy birthday next week. So it'll be an exciting time. Just thank you for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure to worship together, to sing songs that exalt the Savior and that encourage our spirits. And pray the Lord would bless you as you go today, um, wherever you go and whatever you do. And um, may the Lord bless you and hope to see you next Sunday. We're going to sing a song together, and when we begin to sing, you're free to